Park Baptist Church. Good afternoon to you all. We've made it to the last Sunday worship of the last day of the year. And it's only because we serve a great and mighty God. Oh, I don't think nobody heard me on that one. <laughs> I don't think you heard me on that one. I said we made it to, the, to this point because we serve a great and mighty God. So we're going to ask that you rise. For those of you who are able to rise. And we're going to sing hymn 617, hymn 617, Great and Mighty. Great and Mighty is our God. Great and Mighty. Here we go. Great and Mighty, hymn 617. Here we go. Our great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is he. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is he. Lift up his banner, let the anthem ring. Praises to our mighty King. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. A great and mighty is Sing to Jesus, uh, sing to Jesus with the song of praise. Sing to Jesus with praise. Sing to Jesus with the song of praise. Sing to Jesus with praise. Fill the heavens with a mighty voice. Bless his name, let all rejoice. Sing to Jesus with the song of praise. Sing to Jesus with praise. Great and mighty. Oh, great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is he. Great and mighty is the Lord our God. Great and mighty is he. Lift up his banner, let the anthem ring. Praises to our mighty King. Great and mighty is the Lord. Great and mighty is, great and mighty is, great and mighty is he. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you, Father, for being a great and mighty God, the great and mighty God, and for bringing us to this very point of the year, Lord, as we uh, wind down 2023, Father. We just uh, pray, Lord, that you'll just bless your beloved people. Uh, Lord, please uh, best bless the message that is to, to uh, come from our pastor this afternoon and we give you praise lord for it is in the name of jesus we ask amen and amen as we turn to hymn 361 our lord and great is is great and mighty and because of that he's able to cover anything with the blood amen when i see the blood when i see the blood hymn 361 hymn 361 when i see the blood when i see the blood i will pass i will pass over you I think we'll do all verses here when I see the blood. Christ our Redeemer. 361, here we go. Uh, Christ our Redeemer died on the cross, died for the sinner, paid all his due. Sprinkle your soul with the blood of the Lamb, and I will pass, will pass over you. Pass, I will pass 
chiefest of sinners, Jesus will save all he has promised that he will do. Wash in the fountain, open for sin, and I will pass, will pass over you. judgment is coming all will be there each one receiving that needs to do hide in the saving sin cleansing blood and I will pass will pass over you oh, when I see the blood when I see the blood when I see the blood Some folks just can't handle the blood. All right. Uh, let's just a few announcements here. I gave you a number this morning. I'll remind you again after our service this afternoon, if you'd like to stay, uh, we have some games and some food and some fellowship, and that'll go on until you're ready to go home. Amen? Yeah. Or until preacher says, get out, I want to go home. And so, uh, so you'll do that too. <laughs> so I want to remind you about that if you'd like to stay for that. Don't forget about our Bible conference coming up. With Brother uh, Jonathan Stewart again, there are more sheets there on the on the counter uh, at the in the foyer at the visitors table. Please feel free to pick some of those up. Uh, we're also going to put some in our materials that we pass out on on Saturday for soul winning, so that we can get it out to as many people as could come. You know, there are people that won't come to a regular church service, but they'll come to something special like this because they don't consider it really much of a church service. Right, right, Amen. Right. Yet the gospel will go out. Yes. invitations will be given it's the same they just don't realize that right, right. and uh, and so I want to encourage you for those people that you know that might be that way I want to encourage them to be here January 17th through 21st uh, for the, uh, the Bible conference and then there's many more things I just want to remind you about two more that are coming up actually three 24 and 24 this Sunday uh, coming up Janu uh, on in the first Sunday in January uh, January 6th 
and we'll be uh, having men's, uh, uh, having, I'm sorry, January 7th, uh, 24 and 24, 24 people meeting in the year 2024 to get, uh, to pray for our year. Amen. Uh, all together, it starts at 830 in the morning. It doesn't last very long. Just uh, maybe 30 minutes, I think, is the longest we've ever been. And I want to encourage you to come be a part of that. Amen. You don't have to pray out loud. Men, women, children are all counted. Amen. They all come. They all pray. Everybody can pray. Anyone can pray. And so we want you to come be a part of that with us, if you would. Uh, then also men's prayer breakfast uh, on, on Saturday, the, the 6th at 830 in the morning. We'll be meeting for men's prayer breakfast, a little devotional, some breakfast, and then some prayer together as, as the men of our church. And then 930 in the morning, back to soul winning. Amen. Knocking doors, inviting folks to come to church, letting folks know. We had a man here this morning. Our brother uh, uh, Steve that came from preacher knock on his door. Amen. Out sorting on Saturday, and uh, they had a conversation. He remembered that and decided to come this morning. And so uh, it it always works when we do what God's commanded us to do. Amen. We don't exactly know when it's going to happen, but we know it's always going to happen because we're out doing what God has commanded us to do and get the gospel message out to others. Then I'd like to remind those who, uh, Miss uh, Megan Hernandez is working hard to help rebuild our website, working with our social media system uh, to do our, our bulletin. And uh, if you'd like to help, please let her know. If you already help a little bit and you decide that you want to help some more, let her know that you're going to continue to help. Uh, we need help to rebuild the website, okay? I can build a website, but then you're going to know that I built the website. First of all, it's going to have my picture everywhere. No, I mean, uh, it's, it's, I'm just not any good at it. And so if you say, well, I could help, but I can't help today, but I could help in the future, please see Megan and let her know that. And she'll sit down with you and she'll make arrangements and she'll have some meetings with all the workers uh, to help organize exactly what needs to be done. But if we could help each other, it would help the church. Amen. If everybody does just a little bit, the work is much easier to be carried out. Amen. And so if you'd like to help, uh, she does design. She does, she does a lot of little things that are important uh, to, to our church that maybe we don't always notice but need to always be cared for. And if we don't see it being done, we'll say, what's going on? Yeah. All right. And so she'll need your help if you could help her as we go into New Year. I want to wish everyone a happy New Year. I said happy New Year's Eve this morning. Now it's the afternoon. We're getting closer. So I want to wish you a happy New Year because I'm not intending to see any of you at my house tomorrow. Amen. Because I'm going to be looking at the back of my eyelids for as long as I possibly can. And then getting up and reading my Bible and watching football. Amen. (laughs) That's New Year's. Amen. Uh, But I want to wish everyone a happy New Year's. Uh, uh, This year, 2024, you'll accomplish things for the Lord that we will accomplish things for the Lord that we never anticipated as we end 23. And things that would... At the end of 2024, we'd go, wow, look what God did with me in 2024. So let's live for him as much as we can, give ourselves to him, read his word, hide it in our heart, be faithful to the church services, and watch what God does with you in the year of 2024. Pastor. Are y'all, how many of y'all staying after? How many brought Monopoly? Okay, we're going to need some of you people to play Monopoly with them, all right? <laughs> so, uh, and, uh, but stick around. Even if you don't want to play games, just stick around fellowship for a little while. 
uh, it'll be good for you, amen, good for one another, so just stick around as long as you can, kids can play upstairs, or, and uh, we'll just have a time of fellowship, all right, and there's some uh, lunch left over, if you didn't get enough, there'll be some, there was some good, whoever brought the collard greens, those were awesome, yeah, I like, uh, in, y'all like collard greens, oh yeah, that's really good, anyway, there'll be some more back there, so y'all stick around after service, and just fellowship with us for a little while. Drink a cup of coffee, some tea or something, and uh, uh, let's have a good time, all right? Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and uh, may the Lord bless you as we receive our offering. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you, God, again for our people, and um, thank you, Lord, for their faithfulness. God, this time of year, we, we get tired. Things have been really busy the last several weeks, and God, I pray that we'll just stop for a little while, Lord, this afternoon, fellowship with one another, get caught up, and... Uh, God also, uh, I pray that you just bless, and Lord, I, not just uh, the new year if you don't come back, but God, help us to finish strong as we come together for just a little while this afternoon. So Lord, uh, watch over us. I pray your blessings, and God, your hand of favor upon this church and this people. Uh, so Lord, we thank you for that. Bless this offering. Lord, we pray, God, that you bless the gift and the giver, and uh, it's in Jesus' name that I pray and ask all these things. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. Savior is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. So if you're able to rise up on your feet, uh, we would like for uh, us to sing 398, 398, yesterday, today, and forever. <laughs> yesterday, today, and forever. Hymn 398, hymn 398. <laughs>
disciple on his bosom rest. Bids thee steal with love as tender, lean upon his breast. A yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. Glory to his name. Oh, glory to his name. Glory to his name. All may change, but Jesus never. Oh, glory to his name. He who mid the raging billows walked upon the sea. Still can hush our wildest tempest as on Galilee. He who wept and prayed in anguish in Gethsemane drinks with us each cup of trembling in our agony. A yesterday, today, forever, Jesus is the same. His name, glory to His name, glory to His name. All may change, but Jesus never. Oh, glory to His name, Amen. And we can sing glory to His name because we know that there's power in the blood. Amen. Hymn 362, hymn 362, let's sing Power in the Blood. Afterwards, please greet each other as we prepare for this afternoon special. There is Power in the Blood, hymn 362, here we go. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. We're going to do eight next time. Here we go. Verse three. Would you be whiter, much whiter than snow? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Since things are lost in his life-giving flow, there's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, 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 wonder-working power in the blood of the Precious blood of the Lamb. 
Oh, would you do service for Jesus, your King? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily his praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, 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 wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, 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 Precious blood of the Lamb. Amen. Please greet each other at this time.
Amen. That's not bad. Brother Will, keep pulling us out. He's Keep singing. He'll be fine. Amen. I think you ought to sing more. Um, I need to turn that off. More solos, though, don't y'all? All right. I thought so. Exodus. Exodus. <clears throat> chapter 10. Exodus chapter 10. I'm going to pick back up. It's been a, a few weeks since we really... Um, got back into this. Now, to next week, Lord willing, if he comes back, we'll already know all this stuff. Uh, but if he don't, then we're going to come in and we're going to, you know, up until this point, and we're going to talk a little bit about it, but uh, Pharaoh has offered several compromises uh, to all these things that God's done. And we haven't covered any of the compromises, but we're going to do that next week and before we get into the last plague I think it's important uh, that we do that before because there's no compromise in the last one uh, none at all God's not even God's gonna judgment is final when the last plague comes but but we'll talk about the compromises that uh, Pharaoh offers uh, next week but we'll begin in verse um, 21 and uh, we're going to read down through verse 29, Exodus chapter 10, beginning in verse 21, found your place, amen. And the Lord said unto Moses, stretch out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt, pretty heavy darkness. And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and <clears throat> there was a thick darkness in, the, in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another, now that to me is amazing of itself, they saw not one another. Neither rose any from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel, I like the next two words, they had light in their dwellings. Uh, and Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. There's another compromise. Let your little ones also go with you. And Moses said, Thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may sacrifice unto the Lord our God. Our cattle also shall go with us. There shall not an hoof be left behind, uh, for thereof must we take uh, to serve the Lord our God. And we know not with what we must serve the Lord until we come hither, uh, or excuse me, until we come thither. But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let them go. And Pharaoh said unto him, Get thee from me, take heed to thyself, see my face no more. For in that day thou seest my face, thou shalt die. And Moses said, Thou hast spoken well, and I will see thy face again no more. And Father, we pray, God, that you'd help me, Lord, uh, as I deliver the message that you've laid upon my heart. I pray, Father, that, uh, uh, God, that you'd speak to our hearts, and may I stay out of your way. Uh, Lord, I pray, God, that you'd please uh, help me to stay out of your way, Lord, when it comes to the preaching of the word, even when it comes to leading Central Park Baptist Church, God, I pray that it'll be you that leads and not me. And I ask you, dear Holy Spirit, to speak to us, and may we be still for the next few minutes, Lord, and allow you to uh, move in our hearts and in our thoughts. And then when the invitation's given, Lord, what uh, maybe there's something that you, you impress upon our hearts and upon our thoughts, God, that we need to come and talk to you about this afternoon. And so, Lord, I pray, God, that you'd please help us to do that. Bless the reading of your word, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> this is the ninth plague. 
uh, God's judgment, not uh, not anything else, but it's God's judgment upon Egypt. And and I want you to understand that this is God's judgment as a result uh, of Egypt's choices. It's a it's a judge. God's judgment is on Egypt uh, because of their unrighteousness and because of their ungodliness. And when you read about the Egyptians, you'll uh, discover that they had become literally a cesspool of immorality. They were a society that was based on greed, uh, cheap labor. They were an indulgent. Uh, they were uncommitted people. Uh, I, I mean, all, all of these things. They had long since uh, before now, they had forsaken God and set out to build their own society and their own nation uh, uh, apart from God. And by the way, I'm talking about Egypt. Okay, um, they dreamed up their own gods, and they were worshiping everything from man himself, which is humanism, uh, to the worship of idols that they had made. They made idols of wood, stone, metal, all kinds of things, and they worshiped idols that they made by their own hand. Literally thousands of people, including Pharaoh himself, uh, had turned to sorcery, had turned to uh, the occult. Uh, and so God, to this point, has already called uh, the Egyptians to repentance. On eight different occasions, God had given them an opportunity to repent and do the right thing. Why? Why would God do that? Because God is long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And so God has given them eight different uh, opportunities to uh, accept and, and repent, but they refused and rejected God's plea every time. They had chosen to continue to live in spiritual darkness. And so now, uh, God's going to uh, allow them to live in a darkness for three days. And we'll get to that. I, I, I mean, uh, and by the way, their own choices, their own uh, decisions to live in spiritual darkness had literally blinded them uh, to the point where they could not see the truth. We're living in a day like that right now today. Where people who have chosen to live in their in spiritual darkness uh, has literally blinded them. But the Bible says the God of this world hath blinded the eyes of those men. Why? So that they cannot see the truth. And so God's patience at this point had has just about reached the end. And the king and and his people had almost hardened their hearts beyond any chain uh, chance of ever repenting. And, and by the way, the hardening of their heart is their, is their doing. God is get, allowing them to continue a path that they have chosen. When it says God had hardened their hearts, God just simply, it just simply means that God's letting them to walk the path that they have chosen. Uh, this is not about uh, some uh, Calvinistic doctrine to where God says, no, I'm going to harden your heart where you can't get right. Absolutely not. God has given them eight opportunities to repent and get right. But now they've come to that place <clears throat> to where there's no warning given and God, uh, God sends this plague. Now look in verse 21 and 22. It says, And the Lord spake unto Mo or said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand toward heaven, that there be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. And Moses stretched forth his, hands toward, or his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness in, the, in all the land of Egypt. Three days. Now, as I've already said, there was no warning given to Pharaoh. Moses 
is not told to give Pharaoh time to repent and avoid this plague. Not this time. Uh, in earlier messages, you know, we've, we even talked about this, that grace that's continually rejected will become grace that is eventually removed. God has given them opportunity, but now that opportunity has been taken. And folks, God gives us opportunities to do the right thing. But when we disregard God, listen, and disregard the opportunity to do the right thing, God takes that opportunity away. God says in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 3, He said, My spirit shall not always strive with man. And so when God ceases striving with man, guess what? Judgment comes, just like we see here. Uh, years ago, <clears throat> the Reader's Digest, how, y'all remember Reader's Digest? Are they still printing that, by the way? I, don't, I haven't seen one of them in a long time. But years ago, in a Reader's Digest, there was an article about the plagues here uh, in the book of Exodus. And, and in that article, it tried to explain them away to some natural phenomenon. Uh, but the reality is, think about even today, that it's, it is harder to believe a, uh, a story in the Reader's Digest to try to explain them away than it is to believe the truth about what God said. You really, you really have to stretch it and, and stretch your imagination when you uh, believe a lie about something that's going on in God's Word. It's a whole lot simpler just believe the truth of the Word of God. And, but the sad thing about it is there's so-called Bible scholars today that try to do the same thing. They try to explain away God's hand in these plagues. But listen, these plagues require a miracle. Amen. They require the hand of God moving uh, in, in order for them to take place. And we're seeing something take place by the hand of Almighty God. There's no, in fact, some have even said when you read some of the, uh, the material that I read and you research it, some of them will say that the wind brought the darkness. Well, that's funny. Uh, wind is not even mentioned. At least not, if, not like the other ones. If you, you read about the locusts, the wind is mentioned. If you read about some of the other places, listen, the wind is, but I want you to understand something, that, that the wind, how, how does wind blow in darkness? Are y'all still here? Say amen. I, I don't get that. Uh, I mean, but we need to believe what Scripture says as given to man. All Scripture is inspired of God. Amen. Uh, listen, it's not. It, it was written by the hand of man, but it was authored by God Himself. Holy, inspired means breathed of Almighty God. God whispered into the ears of these men, "Write this down," and they wrote it uh, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. So, uh, so God sends darkness here in Egypt, and it lasted three days. If you remember, when the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross, the darkness lasted for three hours in Jerusalem. Uh, but it was with the power of God that all this took place. Listen, I don't need the, uh, the crutch of na- a natural phenomenon to believe what God said. People say that this, you know, that the Bible is a crutch for weak-minded people. Now listen, uh, uh, the, the ideas and the philosophy of, of man that go against the Word of God, to, you know, to, to try to help us to believe it, that's a crutch. Those things are crutches. I just simply choose to believe it. I, I, it is not a crutch to believe what God said. Amen. Uh, so we're seeing the dynamics of the plague, but notice uh, one of the Egyptian gods uh, was the sun god whose name was Ra. And, and, and you know, and I thought this was odd. I was reading over this 
uh, last night, and, and I was watching a football game, and there was a guy on there with his name, and one of the, the last two initials of his name was Ra. And they even told, uh, told the people on national TV what his name meant. And part of it was Sun God, Ra. And I thought, man, oh, man. Listen, some even believe that the name of the Sun God became part of the title of Pharaoh. Spell it out, and you can see the name Ra is right in there with it. But when Jehovah God turned out the light over Egypt, the Egyptians, guess what? They could not worship their sun god, Ra. You listen, isn't it amazing how all these plagues are an attack upon the gods that they have chosen to? And so here, uh, God just, you know, he just turns off the sun for a little while. Amen. Think about it. No matter what man can conjure up to worship, listen, Jehovah God will always be and prove to be the only one and true God. He is all-powerful, all-knowing, and almighty. So to try to uh, help the Egyptians a little bit, he just simply blackens out the sun. Uh, Egypt, though, at this point, they are just simply reaping what they have sown. And God has given them over to a, a hardened heart. Look in verse 22 and verse 23. Um, I'll not take the time to read those, but you go back and read them. Uh, the verses tell us that for three days, as I've already said, God simply blackened out the sun. Uh, and for three days, everything came to a halt. They did nothing. That, and this is amazing to me. They, they, the Bible says they didn't leave their place. Uh, now, that might be okay, you know. Uh, I know some folks can stay in bed all day. I wouldn't, I don't know about that. <laughs> I might, I might be okay for a little while. You know, I'm good if, you know, if I, and if I take a sleep aid pill, I might be able to stay in there six, eight hours. Uh, but, you know, sometimes we just, they just stayed there. I, somebody asked me the other day, they said, listen, what time do you get up in the morning? I said, listen, as soon as the sun peeks over the winds, uh, the windowsill of, of my window, I get up. But my bedroom is on the west side of the house. So some of y'all, some of y'all may move your room a little bit. It might help, okay? Uh, but they stay in their place, and uh, the, the the darkness. Think about this. It restricted everything that they did. It restricted their activity. It restricted their lifestyle. And it makes me think of how the world mocks uh, uh, Christians today by claiming that Christians have no fun. There's, there's too many restrictions. There's too many requirements. Listen, it, it didn't happen. It wasn't God that restricted them here. I mean, listen, God just simply turned off the light and they could not do anything. Listen, it's, fun. it's amazing. You stay in the light, you have a whole lot more fun. Amen. Well, listen, staying in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a whole lot more fun being in His light than being in the darkness of this old world. Amen. And so the Lord uh, turns things off. And, and yet, you know, the carnal and the lost, they uh, still think that, that uh, you know, being a Christian deprives them of having fun. But the reality is it's the lost people that are deprived. The unbeliever uh, is the one who's shackled and deprived because of their sin. 
It's the, un, it's the unbeliever who is shackled in their evil and bad habits. They're shackled in their evil and bad companions. They're even shackled in prison because of criminal conduct and all those kinds of things. But listen, man has chosen to live in spiritual darkness, and it is a darkness so thick that few people will ever see the truth. Why? Because the God of this world has blinded their eyes to the truth. And by the way, it's a willful darkness. Because there was a time when man had that, but they chose not to retain God in their knowledge, is what Scripture says. And so God gave them over to a reprobate mind. Why? Because they chose. They chose to turn the light off in their lives. And so here's the Egyptians. Darkness was turned on, if you will, and they're held by this chain of darkness. But I like what it says about the children of Israel uh, look in verse 23. I think it's there. Uh, it says, They saw the Egyptians, saw not one. Now, that is amazing to me how dark it is. I've been in some dark places, uh, and I mentioned this years ago. I think it's in, uh, is it in Tennessee, Lookout Mountain, where Ruby Falls is at? Huh? Yeah. We went there when I was a kid, and it, and, and it was, I don't know, they take you down uh, several hundred feet. And when you get down in there, there's a waterfall in there. And we would go. We got down there, and it was, I remember it's me and my dad, and I think uh, my one of my brothers. And we got down there, and they turned off the light. And I'm telling you, it it is so it was so dark. I I could stick my hand, I could feel my hand if I put it on my nose, but I couldn't see it. That's exactly what this is talking about. Where it was so dark, they could not see. You could literally be standing in front of somebody. And not be able to see them. So, so it was a, a, a darkness so bad that they could not see one. Look in verse 23 again. It says, And there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another, neither rose, from, uh, rose any from their place. They stayed right where they were for three days. But watch, but all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Listen, that lets me know that as long as we dwell with the Lord Jesus Christ, we're going to have light in our life. But if you get away from the Lord Jesus Christ, guess what? You get outside of dwelling uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the light of our life. Listen, you're walking right into darkness. Yet there's a lot of Christians today, they want to they live in the darkness on Monday through Saturday, and they want to jump back in the, in the light on Sunday. Listen, it doesn't work that way. God is not a light switch where you can turn him off and on in your life. No, wait a minute. You must dwell with him. Abide in, with him. The Bible says, he that abide with me and I in him, listen, then, uh, then it will bear fruit. But listen, you must abide and dwell with him. But notice in verse 23 again, again it says the children had light. I, I like what Brother Merlo said a few Sundays ago. He did a good job when he was preaching about the Lord being the light. Uh, again, we see that here that God is our light. He is a perfect example. And, folks, there's only one God who has power over light and darkness, God himself. Uh, the universal truth is that God's people walk in light. Let me give you some verses. Jesus said in John chapter 8 and verse 12, he said, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. There we go. I mean, but shall have the light of life. If you follow him. Come here, Brother Shelton. If you follow him, you're going to have light wherever the Lord leads you. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. Wherever you, if you follow him, 
Don't go in circles. I'll get sick. <laughs> but you follow me? Listen, and, and, if, and if it gets to where I, I want to be able to reach out and t- touch him. I want to make sure every once in a while that he's still there. Amen. Listen, it may get in a rough spot or something. And I, I, I want to be able to know that if I really need him, I can grab him and, and, and know that I've got some security. And God said that if you walk with him, you shall not walk in darkness. However, if you start walking with him and you start, oh, wait a minute, what's that? They're having a lot of fun over here. Wait a minute, where have you gone to? You've gone to the darkness. You've gone away from the light. And listen, and so we've we got to get to the place where we understand the importance and how, listen, it, didn't, it doesn't take a big turn. All it takes is something small. We think sometimes it's just a small thing to get out of the light of the Lord Jesus Christ. But it takes one small step. How many steps is too far away from God? One is too far. Thank you, Brother Shelton. Uh, we live in a dark world, uh, in a, 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 a world of desperation, and I believe it's going to get worse. Uh, I'm not a doomsday person or any of those kinds of things, but listen, but I do believe it may get worse before it gets better. Amen. I still remember Dad. He said, I don't know how far, we're gonna, how far into this we're going to go before the Lord takes us out. But it may separate the men from the boys. Yeah. Uh, the Bible describes sinners in Proverbs chapter 2 and verse 13 as those who leave the paths of righteousness to walk in the ways of darkness. Proverbs 4 19, it says, They know not at what they stumble. Uh, listen, when you're in the darkness, you don't know where you're headed, you don't know what you're going to bump into. Why? Because you're in darkness. Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20, it says, They foolishly substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, and they are without excuse. Listen, how many times have we heard people say, Listen, why would God send somebody to hell? No, wait a minute. They substitute darkness for light and light for darkness, and they are without excuse. They've walked away from the light. They've chosen to squelch that light. Listen, God has placed that light in all of us to the point where we search for something. We know that there's a uh, that there's a uh, someone out there that's created all this. And in order to try to squelch that or, or, or disbelieve it, we have to literally turn away from it and squelch it and, and push it down and, and refuse to think about it ever again. He says, but they are without excuse. Um, Look in John chapter 1 and verse 5. The Bible teaches that it's into this sin-darkened world that the Lord Jesus Christ came. And it tells us that he shines, uh, he shines in the darkness. And so here in the darkness of Egypt, God's people had light. And I, I just think that's an amazing thing. But you know, the sad thing about it, I really don't think that the Egyptians could see it. If they stayed in their place and the darkness was so thick, I think God just let them stay there for a little while. Listen, I don't know about you, but I've been in some pretty, you know, hairy places in my life. And, uh, and God just let me stay there for a little while. Now, I maybe think, you think, they, you think those Egyptians thought about the other eight plagues? I do. I think they thought about the, the locusts and the flies and the lice and the frogs and, and, the, and, and, and the hail. I think they thought about all that. But they were helpless to do anything about it. They were in darkness. 
Uh, and I think here in this day, uh, in the dark world that we live in, guess what? We still have light. Out there, darkness. In here, light. Look in Exodus chapter 10, verse 24 through 26. Um, you know, the world understands things that pertain only uh, to this life. You, there's a, there's a, a worldly knowledge, um, common sense knowledge, I guess, if you, if you want to put it that way. But God's people are given understanding by the Holy Spirit regarding not just this life, but the next life, okay? And, and the world may understand its books. Uh, Sherry and I, we were at, Hall, uh, I guess that was Hallmark or the bookstore, Barnes & Noble. That's where we was at. And I was looking, there were so many books in there, and some of them I thought were pretty interesting and things of that nature. But I thought, you know, the world has a lot of knowledge about a lot of things. But God's people are given uh, light so that we can understand his book all these other books listen they, they're okay but this is the book that's going to take you th through eternity and this is the book we need to know about you know we we can talk about uh, our favorite football team somebody asked me a while ago you going to watch uh, the Michigan game tomorrow probably you know I don't know much about them but I like to watch them you know I'm, I'm a fan but I can tell you, you know, if you, want, if you ask me about the Cowboy game that they, you know, accidentally won yesterday, I could probably tell you about that. You know, I could probably tell you about that. I could tell you some of the mistakes that they made. I could tell you who the quarterback is, who the running back is. I could tell you who the wannabe players are, in my opinion. I could, I could tell you all that. I could tell you what the weather's going to be like tomorrow and Tuesday. I, I could talk to you about that. But listen, we got to get to the place where we can talk to one another about the Word of Almighty God. That kind of stuff's not going to make a bit of difference, you know, a hill of beans in Arkansas. Listen, I want you to understand this is what's going to make the difference. But we can't tell, we can't, you know, do you know who the first four books of the New Testament? The four Gospels? No, I never met them people before. You know, I say, well, let's turn to the book of Hezekiah, and some folks will start turning. Amen. Amen. I know somebody's thinking, oh, that's not a book. <laughs> no, no. Listen, we've got to get familiar with the word of Almighty God. Can I ask you something? What are you going to talk about when you get to heaven? Oh, Paul, listen, let me tell you something, Paul. I was reading something the other day about you. That was awesome. I like it when I read in the book of Acts, chapter 26, how you said you obtained the help of God, and, and you continued. Man, that was awesome. Listen, I read about when they stoned you and left for a day. Listen, it's all in here. You know, some folks are just going to have to, you know, I, I always like to get around older people when I was a kid and just listen to their stories. Man, I love that stuff. Uh, you know why? Because I hadn't been where they'd been. I couldn't talk about what they were talking about. But when I get to heaven and I get to sit down with Paul or Mark or, or maybe Thomas. Thomas, where were you? Where'd you go? The Lord said, wait. And you left and you missed the coming of the Holy. Where did you go? Listen, I want to be able to talk to some of those men. But most of all, I want to be able to talk about the Lord Jesus. Listen, Lord, um, man, uh, you know, uh, when you fed those 5,000 and you called for them to, to commit, what happened? 
You know, I mean, I, I, I'm just using my, maybe we can, but we've, we've got to know the word of Almighty God. All these other things are not going to make a bit of difference. And God has given us his spirit to where we can understand it. But in order to understand it, just got to read it. Look in, uh, again, verse 24 uh, through 26, and in verse 28, the decisions in the plague. It says, Pharaoh called unto Moses and said, Go ye, serve the Lord. Only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. And, and Moses said, There shall not an hoof be left behind. And Pharaoh said unto him, Get thee from me. Uh, take heed to thyself. See my face no more. For in, the, in that day that thou seest my face, thou shalt die. Now, there's both good and bad decisions made here. First, there's an attempt to compromise uh, with God. At some point, Pharaoh realized that the darkness had brought complete, uh, a complete stop to everything in Egypt. Complete stop. Everything was uh, enveloped in darkness, and there was no business, no work, no construction going on, nothing. And so Pharaoh had no choice but to send for Moses. And, you know, I, I was thinking about this from a, a preacher's standpoint. You know, I've met a lot of people over the years who it's, maybe there's been a place in their life where they've come and they, they just let, let me have it. Sometimes people think just because you're a preacher, then you're supposed to take it. Come on. I'm, I'm, yeah, I know, yeah, but I'm just telling you that that happens. And they tell you, you know, they just, you know, and they got their finger going like this. And, and it's a good thing, you know, I'm saved and trying to do the right thing. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, I, and I take it. And they'll say, well, I will never, ever. And the, but, you know, if, and they're like Pharaoh. And I'm telling you, if you, the next time I see, if I see you at face again, I'll kill you. That's what Pharaoh said to Moses. Get out of here. And so Moses leaves. But then those same people that treat you like that, listen, uh, God has a way of bringing them back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Say, you say, has that happened? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've had people, treasurers of churches say, uh, uh, call me on the phone and gripe and complain and, and, and cuss a little bit and then I'm quoting them scripture and scripture and they'll say hey don't throw the Bible up in my face what, am I, what else am I going to tell you and then a few years go by and the phone rings and I pick it up and there's that same person saying you know Brother White, I probably shouldn't have said all that stuff. You know, I, I probably shouldn't have done that. And I made a bad decision, and I'm sorry about that. Same thing right here. See, Pharaoh may not have that kind of heart, but I'm telling you, he's realizing what's going on in Egypt. And he says, hey, tells his servants, uh, go get Moses. Yeah, but Pharaoh, didn't you tell him? I said, go get him. Yeah, yeah. But didn't you tell him that if he saw you again, you was going to have him put to death? I just, just go get him. Forget about what I said. Just go get Moses. And so Pharaoh sends for Moses. And Pharaoh, when he comes back, 
Pharaoh tries to compromise. But I like what Moses does. He stands firm, and he does not take Pharaoh's deal. Listen, Pharaoh says, Moses, I, I tell you what, you, you go worship, but you leave your cattle here. You know what, Pharaoh, and we're going to get into this a little later. You know what Pharaoh's doing? He says, you go worship, do the best you can, but don't be a fanatic about it. You go ahead and go worship, but you worship, you know, you go ahead and worship kind of. We've taught you some things about worship, so you can just go worship. You worship that way. And you see, because they had to have their cattle to worship and sacrifice. And Pharaoh says, nope. Look what he says. Let me see if I, I think it's in verse 28. No, it, it says, verse 26, Moses says, um, our cattle also shall go with us. And I like what he says, there shall not an hoof be left behind. And you know what he tells them? We're taking everything. If we're going to go worship, we're going to go worship what, the way God tells us to worship. We're not going to accept your compromise to on what, the way God says for us to worship. You know, we have, listen, folks, we, a lot of people have compromised their way so far away from true worship, it, it'll scare them to death. It may scare us to death what true worship ought to be like. We think sometimes we're doing pretty good. We may not be. When it comes right down to it, when we get to heaven one day, the worship, I, I really think worship, if it, we were not given a glorified body, some of them would have a heart attack and die right on the spot. It's a good thing. Um, but, but Moses says, no, there's not a hoof going to be left behind. We're going to worship God's way. You see, our decisions, let me say as I'm almost done, our decisions manifest our heart. Okay? And Pharaoh's decisions reflected a wicked man. Moses' decisions reflected a man led of God, a man of character, noble character. But people so often get wrapped up in self and what they want, what makes them feel good, personalities. They lose sight of the will of God. Now, let, I want to say this and be really nice because you're here. But listen, it's God's will for people, God's people, to come to church on Sunday. Sunday morning, Sunday afternoon. If that's when that, that body of Christ gathers together to worship, it's God's will for them to be here. Period. I was asking myself this morning, I was sitting right up here and I was thinking this, I was thinking about, uh, the, I was asking myself a question, when, when is it okay to not go to church? Um, maybe if you're in the hospital right after having quadruple bypass heart surgery. Yeah, maybe then. Maybe if you've had, uh, I don't know, uh, you're in the hospital for knee replacement or, you know, you know something like that. If you, can, if you can get here, you should get here. Yeah. Uh, it's not God's will for uh, when company comes to stay home. I, and I'm I'm just being frank with you. Are y'all still here? Say amen. Don't run off. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, our decisions manifest our heart. Yeah. And and if we're not careful, we get wrapped up in ourselves, and and we make life about us. Life is not about us. Life is about that lost person. 
Life is about other people that, that are unchurched. That's, and, and we are to set a good example. We are to follow the Lord Jesus Christ because that verse said again that if we walk with him, let me get it out. He, he told us that if we walk with him, he said, he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. Jesus says, you know, on Sunday, y'all, follow me down to the follow me down to that worship place. Oh, but wait a minute. I got something going on over here. Wait, wait a minute. What'd you do? We we we've left and went to darkness. Come on. Are y'all I, y'all I know it's it's hard sometimes, but I'm just telling you the, I'm just telling you the truth. If we're going to if we're going to do better, we got to be better. Yeah, if we want Central Park to really move forward in 2024, then we've got to do better. Amen, Amen. Amen preacher. Yeah. Listen, you, why do we do that? Because people's eternities are at stake. And if and if they see that that we make an exception and it's okay, oh, it's okay, he did it. Then if 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 he he's a good Christian and if he did it, then it's okay for me. You see where their standard is, and people will find a standard that suits them. Uh, and if it allows them to be what they want to be and do what they want to do, that will be their standard. The church, listen, this is our standard. Yeah, there's no wiggle room in here. Just like Moses said, no, he, he said, I'm not going to compromise. Not a hoof is going to stay behind. Listen, God will not compromise, and we must not either. God said, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. God help us to be that kind of church in 2024. Listen, but it's going to take me and you to do it. All of us, do, do we get tired? Absolutely. Are those decisions hard? Yes, they are. Trust me. I know, I, I'm, I've been there, done that. I know. They're extremely difficult, but it's always right. It's never right to do wrong, and you'll never go wrong by doing right. God help us to do that. Remember, Moses, we're going to talk about the compromises next week. It's important that we do things and do it God's way. And God help us to start today and get ready for 2024. And all God's people can say, amen. Father, help us. God, I pray that you're, you'll strengthen us, Lord. And God, I, I pray that you'd help us and really put a, a strength and a desire in our hearts, Lord, to follow you. Pharaoh was really, he worked Moses over. He compromised or tried to get him to compromise time after time. Moses wouldn't do that. And, Lord, we're going to talk about those compromises that he offered next week. Lord, I pray that, God, as we come to the end of 2023, that, God, that you'll put uh, a steadfastness, Lord, a desire in our hearts, God, that we will uh, be the kind of church, Lord, that's uh, really on fire for you. Uh, but, God, if, we, if we're going to be that kind of church in 2024, it takes, it's going to take every individual to really dig our heels in, Lord, and and uh, put you first in all things. God, help us to do that. Lord, we're a church family. And God, there's going to be things that we go through, things that we face. We're going to need encouragement. We're going to need strength, Lord. And God, we can get some help from one another. But ultimately, God, we must obtain the help of God so that we can continue 
uh, Lord, in 2024. So pray, I pray, God, that you'd help us and strengthen us. Lord, speak to our hearts, and God, help us to always follow you in, in obedience. And I'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll just sing a verse. If, if, if you need to sing.